at some point you're going to look around and say, where's the adult? And then you're going to go, Oh, right. That's me. You know? <laughs> and I do, and I do say it's like, you know, I, I like to change the word fault with creation. How did I create this? Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Our guest today is an international trainer, executive coach, and three-time author on conscious leadership and authentic sales. For over two decades, Coach Dan Gordon has helped thousands of entrepreneurs obliterate their limitations by freeing them of the fears that block their success. On stage, Coach Dan is a master at engaging his audience. People roar with laughter, are touched with emotion, and enjoy participating in his interactive style. He entertains while inspiring the room to embrace bold new ideas. Robert Noel chat with coach Dan Gordon, who empowers audiences and clients to believe in their own inner power. He challenges people to face their fears on a daily basis and change their thinking, change the way they react to know. Well, coach Dan, I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to shout out a thank you to uh, Christopher Salem for introducing us and bringing us both together. I'm so grateful for the, the many mm. great introductions that that I've been blessed with in hosting this show. So I, I'm just looking forward to learning about your journey and, and all the ways you're blessing people. I'd love it, man. Thank you so much for having me here. There's one thing I love. It's uh, spreading the gospel of entrepreneurialism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan. I, I obviously, I spent 20 years in ministry. Maybe it's not obvious, but I spent 20 mm. years in ministry. And, and one of the biggest mm. challenges around the, the globe is poverty. And, mm. and I firmly believe that the church isn't going to fix it. Business development, entrepreneurship is the only thing that's going to fix it. And so the best way to help people <laughs> get more money is to start their own businesses. So it is, huge yeah. fan, huge fan of coaches or anybody that's helping entrepreneurs and of course love sharing that with our audience too. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. How'd you get to where you are today, Dan? <laughs> I, I laugh because uh, it, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the brief version. So I <laughs> had a marketing company called the big time group and I did what entrepreneurs are supposed to do. I did a big push. I invested all my time and money and energy into this thing. I'm like, I'm going to grow this thing. I'm going to make this thing successful and uh, hired a bunch of people. One of the people that I hired was a, uh, a social media expert and great guy, a lot of personality also turned out to be an awesome salesperson. So we are closing business left and right and sideways and the future of the big time group looked bright. 
as it turned out, this guy was not only a great salesperson, but he was a great salesperson because he was a pathological liar. Oh, right. And it turns out that you can sell really well if you have no compunction about lying or keep, you know, keeping your word. I had never run into someone like this. And so by the time I figured out everything, like, like nothing that he promised was possible, we had all these clients and made all these promises and made all this money. So I, I fired him and then had to go back to each of my clients and say, uh, hey, we can't do any of what we said for the money. It's going to be about three times as much. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's nice. You're fired, right? <laughs> and we want our money back. So in about a month, I lost $70,000. And I was deep in debt and I had what I can only call an emotional breakdown, right? literally on the floor in snot and tears because everything that I worked for was suddenly gone. And, you know, and I had a pretty good reason for it. Like, you know, my story in my head was if it hadn't been for this one guy, everything would have been fine. Right. Because I mean, clearly, you know, sure. life was going good and this guy ruined me, but the way that I live and the things that I teach and instruct my clients on is that if something happens in our lives, somehow, some way we must have created it, right? We are the common denominator of everything that happens to us. And so I dug deep and what I realized was a truth that I didn't want to face. And that is that I hated my company and I hate marketing. I'm just really good at it, but I never intended it to be a career. And so I realized that I should do what I'm supposed to do, which is a coaching, which is facilitation, which is something I had done in, in a previous incarnation in life when I, <clears throat> pardon me, when I taught um, personal development courses uh, all over the country and in Europe. And I'm like, this is what I should do. Of course, my other story was who's going to hire a business coach who just failed at business, right? but I was undeterred. And, uh, Eight months later, almost to the day that I was on the floor in Snot and Tears, I walked out on stage in Dallas, Texas, in front of a packed house, being paid $10,000 for my very first speaking gig. Nice. And right. And things really took off from, from there. So I'm, uh, I tell that story because it's important for every entrepreneur to recognize that, that we tell ourselves stories that either move us forward or stop us. And it is crafting our story and the way that we look at our story that either motivates us or demotivates us. When I was in, in the depths of despair and blaming this guy for my failures, it was only driving me deeper. And that was a pretty hard story to get out of. And it was a lot harder to, 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 to dive deep, to look in and say, you know what? I must have created this for a reason. And here's why I wanted out of this business. And, and that's um, actually, that turned out to be a very, very long answer to your very, very short, short question. No, but it's beautiful. <laughs> we, we, we work in a similar space and, and, and we're, we're still fairly new in the space, but, but we definitely understand the power of story and definitely understand yeah. the power of, of taking extreme ownership in, in your life, right? Whatever, whatever's happened in your business is your fault. No matter, no matter what, it's your business. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and mommy's, I, mommy's not coming to save it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like, you know, there is a moment and I, what you said, Robert is perfect. Cause I do share that with my, with my clients. Like 
at some point you're going to look around and say, where's the adult? And then you're going to go, Oh, right. That's me. You know? And I do, and I do say it's like, you know, I, I like to change the word fault with creation. How did I create this? You know, what was the beautiful purpose? And the, and the example that I give in that is that if I was on the way to a really important meeting and somebody runs a red light and slams into me, and I'm okay. And eventually I'm going to ask myself the question, I wonder why I didn't want to go to that meeting. Right? And again, easy story. It's the other guy's fault. But if I end up not going to that meeting, I'm the common denominator. Somehow I created that. you know. And maybe I'd look at that and go, wow, I was thinking if I just had another day to prepare. And so maybe I just wasn't as focused on my own safety because of that, right? And that's the level of creation I'm asking people to step into, the level of responsibility. Because I can tell you the, the, the happiest and saddest day of my life was when I decided to take responsibility for everything, right? It was the happiest day because that meant that I could create everything that I wanted in my life. It was the saddest day because that means I couldn't blame anybody anymore. And Robert, and Noel, I really miss blaming people. It was so good. I miss it so much. It it's so good, but it only goes as far as your mouth. Because I know, you can right? Blame people all you want, but it won't change your situation. And I and I love the way you worded that because it's it's exactly what I tell people is this this is the hardest thing you're ever gonna do, but it's the most empowering thing you'll ever do because it is now the buck stops with you and you get to take control and have mm -hmm. control over creating what you want in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it. good. So let's, one of the things, obviously taking control of your life, changing the story. Um, how do routines help somebody change, change the stories that they're telling themselves? You know, that's, that's a great question. It's, it's establishing a rhythm. Right. So everybody operates life in a rhythm, the things that we do, the things that we feel comfortable with. And, and, and when you identify your, your rhythms, it's important to, to recognize them, to step into them, to develop them. For instance, in the morning, um, I get up at five, I do uh, meditation, say, say a little prayer for the day, brush my teeth, take my, um, take my supplements, go for a walk, drink my coffee, right? All these things I do every morning, right? As a, as a pattern. And so when you develop patterns and you hold on to those patterns and then you can start adding more things to those patterns, right? And so this is, this comes really into goal setting, which is that people make a mistake of taking on goals that are too big, that are ticking time bombs of failure. Right. Cause they do, cause, cause these goals do not fit into the pattern of their life. Right. It's like, if I had said, Hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run a mile every day. Right. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to force myself to do it on the long timeline. It, you're just setting yourself up for, for failure. Right. However, if I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk just around the block every morning. Now, one side of my brain would go, oh, that's not enough. That's a pretty weak goal. Like anybody can do that. But the fact is, is that as I add smaller, small things to my pattern, they can be integrated immediately. 
as opposed to too large of a thing into the pattern, right? So that walk around the block can turn to, you know, a, 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 a mile walk and then a mile fast walk and then a mile jog, right? So, so that's how I look at the importance of entrepreneurs developing patterns because those patterns can grow. But the classic um, uh, uh, New Year's resolution kind of goal never works out. So true. And, and then of course the failure just leads to more stories of, of failure. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, people become less or more averse to setting goals, right? Okay. I set that goal. I failed. I don't like the feeling of failure. Humans move away from the things that we don't like. And so goals now become a thing that feel bad. Right? <clears throat> and so it is, uh, it is adjusting how we judge ourselves, right? So oh. if I'm allowing myself to walk around the block every morning and say, that's a goal, instead of judging that, it allows me to plant that seed and let it grow. So good. It, it, there's so much value in looking at the positive and, and telling yourself a story in the, in the positive way. I mean, you mentioned um, creation versus cause, and it's just... Mm. It's very similar, but it's just a different perspective and more beneficial to how you look at it. How you talked about lying on the floor, you know, all those years ago. How did you develop confidence in facing those fears? <laughs> um, I am not. I am not a confident person. I, I will go on record right now. Uh, I do not have a tremendous amount of confidence. Like I don't wake up in the morning and go, I know I can do this. What I have is a lack of a lack of confidence. I just don't really think about it. Right? All these things that I want to do, you know, when I decided to be a coach, um, getting that, getting that speaking gig, there was not confidence in, in that pitch to that VP, there was just a lack of a lack of confidence. I was just talking to him about what I thought would be his best option for a speaker, not even me, just what he needed for his audience. And, you know, after this long conversation about what he needed, which actually was in, in opposition to what he said he needed, I thought he was just going to tell me to leave because I just told him he was wrong for 20 minutes. And instead, <laughs> he turned to the guy next to him and he goes, hire this guy. He's the real deal. Right. I'm like, how, how did that happen? And so, it, it, you know, it's a great question, Nicole, because I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's a great question, uh, Noel, because the looking for that feeling of confidence will drive you down or waiting to feel confident will make you hesitate. Instead, it's just like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't really care. I mean, you know. If life was going to take me down, it would have happened by now. So who knows? Right? And and that's what I ask entrepreneurs to to do. Don't get so attached to whether or not things work out or not. It just, I don't know. Try some shit. See what happens next. Yeah, letting letting go of the outcome can can be really challenging, mm, yeah. especially when when you need the outcome to pay your mortgage. Right. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> that's exactly true, Robert. When when I, you know, when my life crashed and, you know, lost of 70K, $30,000 in debt, you know, net loss, 100K. Um, and I was approaching people to coach them. Um, 
there were people that I turned down and I'm thinking, why am I doing this? Like I need the money. Uh, but it was, it was being in my own integrity. Mm. Right? And, and you, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know how I did it. Right. I really can't go back and say, wow, I was really courageous to turn down that money. Right. Um, but somehow it just felt right. Right. And we all know that. Right. I mean, both of you know that everybody listening knows our, you know, your personal integrity, your own right and wrong. It may not be the government's right or wrong or your parents' right and wrong, but it's your right and wrong. And, and I can tell you, I'm a living testament to following that integrity. And, and I can also tell you a lot of people push, push, push back on that. Not everybody agrees with my integrity, but I do. And it seems to be working, right? Well, and it's really, it's really powerful because it's, it's that ultimate level of responsibility. It's mm. one thing to keep your word with other people. It's one thing to keep your word with the company or, or, or customers. Yeah. Keeping your word with yourself. That's where the integrity really shows. And, and the people that keep their word with themselves ultimately become the kind of people that keep their word across their board because they're operating in harmony with their true self. Um, right. It's like, it's, uh, to hide. it's like, you know, do you, do you cheat at solitaire? Right. You know, it's <laughs> uh, integrity, you know, it's like, no one's going to know. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Uh, it, you know, like no one, no one's going to know if you break your own integrity except you, but it takes something away. Oh, and, right? absolutely. and, and it's those, it's those little things. Well, and, and keeping it adds something in mm. every time, every time you keep your word to yourself, your brain's like, your brain says, Hey, this guy keeps his word. He's doing what he says he's going to do. And your brain yeah. says, let's do more of that. <laughs> so let's, I, I want to dig into fears a, a little bit more because I know yeah. that so many of the your clients you work with, are, are dealing with this fear that, that holds them back fear that, mm -hmm. that, Hey, you know, coach Dan, you're telling me to go out and try this. You're telling me to go out and call this guy. And, and I'm, I'm, that, that scares the crud out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's you know, fear is a funny thing, isn't it? You know, fear, fear was a, a gift given us to us by our creator that has allowed the human beings to uh, run the planet for this long, right? And so when people say, well, I really want to be fearless, I'm like, no, you don't. Like imagine <laughs> merging onto the highway fearlessly, you know, without any fear, you know, you'd be dead in a second. You cannot get, you cannot get through a day without fear. You know, just walking down your stairs, you die. And so, you know, fear gives us the gift of prediction. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to predict what's going to happen next. And in that prediction, I'm going to figure out all the ways that, that I might get hurt and, and I'm not going to do those things. So that's awesome. Right. Where fear gets away from us is when it, it gets in the way of the things that we want to do. Well, I'll say it this way. We have one fear engine, right? And that fear engine is always operating for everything. So the same fear engine, like if I would say, you know, Robert, Noel, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put on a blindfold and walk across the highway, right? <laughs> you, you would be afraid, right? 
And now if I said, hey, you guys got to push through your fears, you'd be like, are you out of your mind? Like, this is not a fear I'm going to push through, right? And yet way on the other side of that is, hey, Robert and Noel, I would love you to be clients of mine. Oh, I'm not actually pitching you, right? Uh, but you know, I'd love you to be clients of mine. I'd love to help you grow your business. And you're like, well, how much do you charge? And I tell you, you're like, whoa, that's really scary. That's a lot of money, right? Like push through your fear. So how do you know? if it's a good risk or a bad idea? How do you know which fear right works for you? It, it takes a lot of nuancing and it takes a lot of failure, right? It takes a lot of things not working out to really begin to understand which is the fear that is preventing you from getting hurt and is a fear that you should listen to and which is the fear that is stopping you from creating the life that, that you want. Right? And so the only way you can find out which is which is to start challenging those fears, to start doing the things that you're afraid of. And one of the exercises I ask my clients to, to do, um, and, and I'll say this, I, I focus on teaching selling, um, uh, authentic sales, right? So it's not Jedi mind tricks. It's actually speaking with people about the things that they want and need helping them. Uh, which is true selling. I focus on sales because coming from a background of personal development, sales is the ultimate personal development tool. I mean, anything that you struggle with in life and in business and, and with yourself shows up in a sales interaction, right? Your, your sense of personal value, um, your, your self-esteem, your ability to weather other people's judgments, all those things are very core to building yourself up as a person and they show up in selling. So that's why I love focus on, focusing on sales. And so one of the, of the exercises that I give my clients is uh, next time that you're at a restaurant, I want you to ask the waiter to give you dessert for free. Right? Just that. Just ask, you know, say, you know, they say, would you like dessert? Say, yes, I'd like this bowl of ice cream and I would like it for free. Right? Just ask. And it's and so let me ask you guys, what do you think about that? What would you think about doing that? Like next time you're at a restaurant, any restaurant, to say, Yes, I'd like dessert, I'd like this, and I'd like it for, for free. What would you think about that? I, I think it's a great exercise. <laughs> of course you I would. Mean, <laughs> we we've done it, we've done it with we do it every time we rent a car. So we always rent the the, the standard car, and as soon mm -hmm. as we get down to the, the parking lot, we ask. You know, hey, can we jump in the in the Mustang or the Camaro? Can we? And and more times than not, we get upgraded to Something. to the SUV to the because because we ask. And so, right. yeah. So so right. being willing to ask is is just such a fantastic thing. It doesn't cost you anything to ask to get dessert free, except it, you could it. get dessert for free. <laughs> right. But and so the reason people don't do that, the reason people don't. Um, ask for the upgrade. And by the way, I'm going to start doing that now. Thank you. <laughs> the The reason that doesn't happen is because we have a deep-seated fear of, of rejection. Mm -hmm. Now, why do we have that? We have mm -hmm. a fear of rejection because we're still operating on human uh, operating system 1.0 that was put <laughs> in our heads millions of years ago when we lived in small cave communities and being ejected from that community went meant death. Right, because we needed to survive in 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 community, right? Because we couldn't alone. You couldn't defend yourself enough. You couldn't gather enough food. You couldn't protect. Right, all these things. 
human beings survive because we are a social species. And so when we feel rejection, it's it triggers this million-year-old belief that if we're ejected from the community, we will die. And that's why rejection is so is so hard. And so those are one of those fears that I ask people to step into. Because the more rejection you face, the easier rejection becomes. We will be right back after this short break. Are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind? We understand how frustrating that can be. That's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. And I, a hundred million years ago, I, I did stand-up comedy. Nice. And so stand-up comedy is a great, and I encourage every entrepreneur to, to do this because that is a masterclass in getting through rejection and standing <laughs> up in front of a crowd, telling a joke that isn't funny. And most of my jokes, I, this is why I'm not doing that. I'm not funny <laughs> uh, in that way, but I, I was terrible at it. And so I spent a lot of time with uh, you know, telling jokes that didn't go over and learning how to, how to walk through that. Nice. And, and, and I'll tell you something, I, I learned a really cool, cool trick. And that is that if I didn't show any, um, any wavering of my confidence in front of the audience, they stayed with me. They stayed with me to the next joke, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to, and you see comedians do this a lot, they comment, on the joke that didn't do well. Like, oh, is this microphone on? Yeah. I guess you didn't like that one. Uh, oh, that went above your heads, right? All that stuff. But I would just go from one joke to the next and I would never lose the audience. Yeah, you, you see it even, even in podcasters or um, people doing a workshop and, and they, mm. they address the mistake instead of just moving on in, in confidence. And, and nobody would have even noticed and there was no need for, for you to, to, to make that comment. I, from my faith background, you know, and yeah. my wife and I spent time as missionaries overseas. And, oh, and beautiful. one of the things I've seen, you know, is the LDS church and they, mm -hmm. they spend two years on a mission and all of them go door to door for two years, knocking on doors. Well, what's really incredible about that is look at the number of successful millionaire entrepreneurs that have risen out of the LDS church. Mm -hmm. And a big piece of that is, I believe the big piece of that is that time they spent facing rejection, that yeah. they have this willingness now to, to try more things than most people would try. Right. Right. Cause we all know nothing bad is going to happen if we're rejected. Right. <laughs> I knew that when I went up there on stage, that, that when I bombed and I bombed a lot, that nothing <laughs> bad was going to happen, but it didn't change the fact that my heart was beating hard. My palms were sweating. You know, I had the, I had all that nervous energy. And so it is, it's what you're saying, Robert, it is reframing that 
right? I'm going to go door knocking. Someone's going to say, get out of here, Mormon, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to let that mean something about me. And I'm going to do it over and over and over again, which is why I ask people to ask for free desserts, right? Because after anything that humans do a lot, we get better at. It just tends to be the way that we are, right? We don't get worse at something. And so that is exactly it. Anything that you can do repetitively that is in opposition to a fear that isn't going to hurt you uh, is is such is time so well spent. You know, well, it's such money, a low risk. Yeah. It's it's such a low risk ask. It is. Right? I mean, and ultimately, I, it's a it's a low risk ask. It's it's a five dollar you know whatever probably ten dollars nowadays the way things have gone. But yeah, right, yeah. It's separating yourself from the ask. It's mm. not about me. Mm -hmm. And you're, sep you're you're separating it, and and I think sales is some of that too. Is you're separating the business from me. I'm not selling mm -hmm. me personally. I'm selling a service. Yeah, and 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 on that, I can. It, it is so important for every entrepreneur listening to stay focused on serving your client. Mm. I, I, when I am when I'm enrolling people in my coaching. All I'm thinking about is them, right? I mean, I've, I've fortunately gotten to a place. I don't need the money. Um, it, you know, we can all have more money and do more cool things, but, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not in a desperate situation. Right. And even when I was in a desperate situation, I refused to feel desperate. And, and I would, and I just stay focused on what is their biggest issue? Like what's going on with them? What can I do in this 30 minute, no cost consultation that I'm giving them? What can I do that after they're done with the call, that their life is going to be changed? And I, and I never, not even once do I ask somebody to be a client in that first phone call. Hmm. And I tell them that I won't, because I don't want them thinking about that. I don't want them thinking, okay, when is this guy going to try to sell me something? Cause the answer is never. Nice. Yeah. And I, yeah. I prefer to, I prefer to help people by showing them I can help them. Yeah. But I will tell you this, once I know that somebody wants my coaching and they're afraid, I'm relentless, right? <laughs> they are going to be a client, right? You know, when I see it and they, I mean, they just have to say a solid no. Like I do not want to coach with you. Do not call me again. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, that's fine. But, but when I know that they want it and, and, and I can help them and all that, it's, it's like, look, I, you know, we've been talking for six months here, right? <laughs> it's time. All right. Yeah. You, you speak about designing a life that you love and mm -hmm. I mean, that's designing and figuring it out for yourself. Um, how does that work? How do you do that? So the, the first question I ask anybody on any phone call is, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? And the funniest thing about that question, Robert and Noel, is- They don't know. <laughs> uh, it's worse. It's, <laughs> what they say is, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, how, how could this question be any more simple? You know, what do you want? And the reason people ask, what do you mean? Is because they don't want to get the question wrong. Right? And they've already gotten it wrong just by saying, what do you mean? Right. And, and here, and, and I'm absolutely going to answer your question, Noel. Uh, but here's what happens when we're kids, we know what we want. Like you ask a six-year-old, what do you want? And they will rattle off 
a dozen. I want to go to Disneyland. I want a piece of chocolate cake. I want to watch TV. I want, right? I want a new iPhone, right? Not a problem. What happens is that as we grow up, we start to hear the word no. And that no, it hurts. Like, you know, can I have this chocolate cake? No, you have to have your Brussels sprouts. I don't want, right? It's, uh, right? it's painful. So instead of figuring out how to get past the things, the no, we just start, stop, we start turning down the dial of what we want, the volume of what we want, right? So we become less and less connected to knowing what we want. And so creating a life that you want starts with turning the volume back up on what you want, oh, right? so excusing the story of why you can't have it. When I was on the floor and snot and tears and I said, I'm going to be a business coach and I'm going to, you know, this is, this is my, my, my life. I had to excuse the story of, well, you just failed. Who's going to hire you? Right. It didn't matter. It's what I want. Right. So designing your life starts with knowing what you want. Start with turning the dial back up. It starts with separating yourself out of, oh, I can't have this because, right? This won't work because, right? Well, I'm just being, you know, I'm just being rational. Right? I'm, right? I'm just, you know, like, you know, when, when people say, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the battle cry of the pessimist. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah. you know, what, what's real, you know, is real of a failed marketer becoming a successful business coach? No, that's not real. Right. I wouldn't make a movie about that because it doesn't make <laughs> sense. And here I am because it's what yeah. I wanted. At, at most real is, is a reflection of your thinking six months ago. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's so true. It is. It is. And, and, and to your point, Robert, most people spend their time looking in the rear view view mirror. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done this. I, like, how do you know you shouldn't have done that? You know, it you matter. Right. When I was in personal development, you know, and working with all these, you know, uh, just lost souls, you know, people who had just been, brutalized in life and said, boy, if, you know, if it's, you know, if I'd gotten a couple more hugs from my dad, my life would be so much better. I'm like, you don't know that. Like it's a fantasy, but you can't tell what would have happened. I mean, I, well, I, I, I had plenty of those stories. Yeah. It's funny how we attach something to, you know, the story and, mm -hmm. and helping, helping people extract that and then say, well, what if you did? And, mm. And, 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 and live into, live into your belief of, you know, <laughs> if dad would have hugged me six more times, I'd be a successful millionaire. Yeah. Okay. So tell yourself, dad, hug you six more times and let's, let's make this happen. Right? I know. Right. <laughs> because obviously there's hugs you lost count of, right. I'm sure that, mm -hmm. you know, six more hugs isn't, but, but we hold on to this idea, the, the what ifs or yeah. the, the should haves. As if, as if those are the defining moments. Whereas, if you change the story, you you can redefine those terms, and you can redefine who you who you are going to be from mm. this moment forward. Choose it's to true. be who you want <laughs> versus yeah. being this guy that somebody else designed. And it and it takes so much mental discipline, Robert yeah. and Noel. It takes so much mental discipline because. As as I began on this journey of 
being the man I wanted to be, I realized I was going to have to excuse a lot of these old stories out of my life and all the reasons that I don't have the things that I want. And, and my mind was drawn to like a gravitational pull. My mind was drawn to telling myself those stories over and over. And I just had to keep saying, don't, don't think about that. I just had to keep myself so busy and so forward, forward focused that those stories didn't have a place. And for everybody listening, I, I can't, I can only tell you what I did. Right. <laughs> and that is thinking about the things that I want, not thinking about the things I lost, not thinking about the things I didn't have because I can't correct those. And frankly, most of those stories that you tell yourself about your mistakes do not prevent you from making more mistakes. <laughs> they create shame and shame is a one-way ticket into doing the behavior that you don't like over and over again. Oh, so silly, aren't we? <laughs> it, it's how we're designed, you know, and I, and I look at, I look at this, this design of, of our minds and, and how, how we are built as the, the ultimate test of our, well, I'll say it this way, the ultimate challenge of who we want to become, oh, right? Okay. There are so many boat anchors attached to us and it is our mission in life to one by one detach ourselves from those to become the greatest version of ourselves. And when you look at the luminaries, the, the Dr. Kings, the Gandhis, the Mother Teresa's and, and, you know, uh, and people, in, you know, Richard Branson, these are people who are able to detach from all of those things and all those beliefs and push through the, their own struggles to become who they are. And, and they were judged and murdered because of their beliefs, right? And and as as you ascend and as you live by your own rules, there's so many people are going to show up to tell you you're doing life wrong. You know, as as I the more successful I've become, the more people who aren't as successful as me show up to tell me I'm doing everything wrong. Isn't that I'm amazing? Like, I, I was like, why would I want to live life like you? You're miserable and poor. You know, I yeah, I <laughs> For for every boat anchor, for every boat anchor you cut off, somebody tries to throw a rope up and pull you back down. Oh, absolutely. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. It the, really is. The, the really great thing is there's enough evidence out there to prove that that this works. That the mind mm -hmm. is is this super powerful tool that when you are intentional about programming it and using it, it it will work for you. <laughs> in a bigger and better way than, than just protecting you and keeping you safe. Yes, absolutely. So with all the success that you've had, what's, what's been your biggest challenge? No, oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you, uh, my relationship, my relationship with my fiance is my greatest challenge. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. Um, it is my greatest challenge because uh, personal relationships are my greatest challenge. It is the, the personal relationships are my core wound or my core trauma, if you want to call it that. And so I am uh, in the first um, important relationship of my life, right? 
And well, congratulations. Uh, and, That's well, exciting. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I have, I, I have skirted away from relationships all my life. You know, I, before Rosalind, I, I didn't have a relationship lasted over a year and now I'm with her seven years, which, which in Dan dating years is like a hundred years. And so, <laughs> and so the, the challenge then is be, is, is because I haven't practiced. I mean, I, I say to her, I, I really wish I had been married and divorced at least once before you. So you wouldn't have to be going through all this with me. You know, I could have learned everything. My guinea pig. I know. Like, why didn't I get married and divorced? Ugh. And so. Uh, trust right? me, and so, we were both married and divorced. And we still, we still <laughs> mess up on each other on a regular basis. So. Oh, damn. That wouldn't have cured everything. Okay. No, but, but I think yeah. we we faced our marriage in a similar way that you encourage entrepreneurs to face their mm. business journey and yeah. see the challenges as an adventure, see the challenges as an opportunity to grow yeah. and come out better on the other side. And so for us, it's, it's not been about the, the, the individual moments. It's been about the journey and that both of us are mm. committed to the same, to the same journey. And yes, and how we yeah. choose to get there and what happens on the way is is a commitment that we're going to do it side by side. And and whatever challenge comes, it should make us stronger and should make our relationship better. But but it's right. because it, we know that there's this this thing that, you know, we're headed towards together. Designing that dream life together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you need somebody, a business partner, a personal partner, friends in your life who are who are in the same pattern as you. And I, I say this all the, all the time, the best conversations are the ones that you don't want to have. <laughs> and, and so what, what Rosal and I started doing is every Monday night, and we did this last night, we have six questions that we ask and answer. And I, I designed this thing because that, that's what I do. I design things and I designed these six questions to, to, and, and I put them on a little table tent. So we sit on opposite sides of our table and we sit there and we're looking at this little table tent. We're looking at our questions and, um, and we, you know, we spend about an hour or so asking and answering these. And sometimes it gets rough. It gets really rough. Um, but the only rule is we don't leave the table. I've stood up, you know, <laughs> as if I'm going to leave, but I never do. And we hang in there and, and, um, and we say and hear things that are difficult, but that's the work, guys. That's the work. That's the work in business, in life, in anything that you want. The work is to look at the things that you don't like about yourself. Well, I'll, I'll say it this way. The work is to look at the things that you don't like about someone else, because that's a mirror of what you don't like about yourself. Absolutely. Right. You well, know, and that willingness yeah. to lean in to the growth. Mm. Because... Because this is the, the entrepreneurship is a huge test of character and personal development. Mm -hmm. But this is the next, this is the next level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. The relationship. If, right. If you're willing. Now I, I you know her, Noelle's parents were married for, for nearly 50 years. My parents were married for nearly 55 years and they didn't get in their relationship. What Noelle and I have mm -hmm. because they didn't, they were roommates for the majority of the time. Yeah. Just living together by habit. And sure, they cooked and they did things together, but but they never experienced the level of growth because they didn't challenge each other and they didn't challenge, you know, their expectations or, mm. hey, it, it hurt me when you said that. And or, you know, th those kinds of conversations that that really require us to grow. 
Right. So proud of right. you for doing doing that on a weekly basis because that is that is that is challenging and it but it's going to revolutionize your relationship and and, and lead you it, to a place that will give you great success. It continues to. Yeah, it does and 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 that's the thing if if you are an entrepreneur, you have to be in a constant state of evolution <laughs> because business is changing so quickly. You know, Blockbuster went from a $5 billion company to bankrupt in two years, two years, right? And why? Because Netflix came to them and say, we'd like you to buy us for $5 million. And Blockbuster, that's pocket change, right? At the time of Blockbuster goes, no, man, our business is, um, our business is renting videos and collecting late fees. And Netflix is like, all right, right? And they're like, well, everything's going online. Like, nah, right? And so while Blockbuster was busy reorganizing the VHS tapes, Netflix and 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 Redbox decimated them. You know, um, not a lot of people know this, but Kodak invented the digital camera, right? They invented the digital camera. This guy, you know, they they said, hey, there's this little. Uh, you know, thing, this little CCD cell that reacts to, to light. We're kind of in the light business. They gave it to an engineer, do something with this. He they sold it. it. I had, I had my first digital camera it was a Kodak digital camera. Yeah, right. Yeah. But and, yeah. And yeah. Crazy, crazy that they said, well, we like film better. Right. Right. Because, and so if you are not constantly evolving what you're doing, if you're not constantly asking yourself the question, okay, what's next? What's next? You know, what's happening out there? Like, you know, if, and if you are a graphic designer, I'm sorry to say this, but your job's over that your job is gone because of mid journey. If you are, if you are a content writer, your job is over, right? Because of chat GPT in the same way, when you were a telegraph operator and the phone came, your job's over. Like you can complain about the phone. You can complain about chat GPT and major. You can complain about them, but your job's over now. And so, you know, Radio Shack should have been what Best Buy is today. They had an 80 year jump on that business, but they didn't evolve. Well, Sears so you must be in a Sears, constant state of evolution. Sears yeah. should have been Amazon. Of course. Sears had course. a catalog. They had everything <laughs> already in a warehouse that they would mail to you with a catalog. Yep. They National missed, distribution. Yeah. Yeah. They had they had all the systems in place that Amazon had to build from scratch. And yet, and yet they completely missed the boat. Instead, they tried to buy Kmart to save their business. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's and it's funny because anything that anybody has ever called a fad is the very thing that has destroyed them. And that's what Sears said about the internet. It's a fad, Ooh. right? They called Beatles. The, they called the Beatles a fad. They called the fax machine a fad, right? Everything, everything that's a fad is going to decimate you. So, you know. If, so, yeah. so, Dan, what's your big dream? Uh, I want a skyscraper with my name on the top. Nice. And the reason that I want that, it, I, you know, it it sounds like a uh, a giant. Um, act of ego. And it really isn't what it is. It's a giant act of PR. Um, th there's a lot I want to create in this world. I want to bring 3 million souls to consciousness. 
And what I mean by consciousness is what we've been talking about. Anything that happens to me is something that I created. So if I don't like what's happening in my life, I'm going to look at how I created it and then create something different. But what I know for sure is nobody caused this but me. That's mm -hmm. consciousness. And if my name is on the top of the skyscraper, I, I'm going to have more opportunities to reach more people. So they ask more questions. Who is this guy and what's his message? Nice. Love it. That's fantastic. All right. So we end every episode with our guests sharing their words of wisdom. So what are Coach Dan's words of wisdom to <laughs> our entrepreneurs listening? So my words of wisdom comes with a giveaway. My giveaway is one of the books that, that I've written is called uh, Jumping the Gap, Kill Your Story and Take Action. Right? And the gap is where you are. And on the other side of the gap is where you want to be. Right? Everything everything that you want. And the only reason that you are not jumping over that gap is because you have a story about why you can't. So mm -hmm. I wrote a book. It's a, it's a small book, easy reads, fun book. Everybody loves it. It's called Jumping the Gap, Kill Your Story and Take Action. And to get that book, all you have to do is text the word GAP, G-A-P, to this number, 213-409-8366. Text GAP, G-A-P, to 213 409 8366. Once more, 213 409 8366. Text the word GAP and you can download that book for free. And um, you don't have to do anything, right? Is it, except text GAP to that number. And, and that's the words of wisdom is to challenge your stories. You know, look at your beliefs, look at every one of your beliefs, put it on the table and say, is this belief serving me? And if it is, is it serving me enough? Do I need to expand that belief? Um, is, is this belief serving me? And and if no, then it's going to take a lot of mental discipline to shift that belief. But challenge your stories, challenge the things that you tell yourself, because I am living testament that you can create what you want if you have the courage to ask for what you want, like ice cream or a rental car upgrade. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure listening to your story and uh, learning from you. Oh, it has been a delight spending the last 47 minutes talking about myself. I, I, I really appreciate this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review, but most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Robert Noel chat with Kamanzi Constable about copywriting and the value of getting your story out there. He is now creating software to handle the hardest part of copywriting, the pitch. Kamanzi shares how he has designed the life that he wants and how he has built businesses to support travel and the opportunity to work from just about anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm.